Hi guys, this is Mackenzie and Emma, host of the ABCs of Matrescence. We are back again for episode three, and we are super excited just to bring a fun topic today. This is just kind of a lighthearted episode where we delve into some of the top five things we wish we had known about our first year as mamas. There are definitely so many warnings and stories and good and bad that everyone tells you, but there's really a lot that nobody talks about. And so we just want to have some fun and share some of the big shocking things we we wish we had known and maybe Maybe it will be helpful to you or maybe you can at least commiserate with our our struggles and our challenges and some of the the humor in the middle of it so welcome we are so happy y'all are here yeah welcome guys hi yeah i think the the fun thing about this is that i bet a lot of our listeners are going to hear a few things we bring up and say hey actually that happened to me too or i felt that way too because when i've brought up these things to another mom oftentimes i feel like the reaction is oh yeah you're right that part really did suck or that part really was difficult and so we're able to to bring that Solidarity. up just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so before we jump into that, everyone, we just wanted to give a little snapshot of our lives at the current moment. So what's happening with our one-year-old boys? And yeah, a lot of, lot of fun stuff going on. We got a mover and a cruiser over in Savannah. I know. So my little boy, he definitely, he just turned one, two weeks, two and a half weeks ago, something like that. And, you know, he's been taking little steps here and there, and that's been fun to watch. But this week, he is just, he is just walking today. He just hopped on across the room, mostly chasing after the dogs. When I'm like, come walk to me. He's like, no, thank you. Hard pass. But the dogs <laughs> go by and he, we have a dog named Finn and he calls him Finji. And so he'll, he'll chase across Finji. Uh, so that's just been so fun. And it's such a, it's fun, and yet it actually makes me really sad because it feels like he's becoming a toddler. That, like, suddenly him walking like a little person is definitely, um, it's a big transition, and it's really fun. But it also now means he can get into even more mischief than he could before. So stuff that I thought was, you know, out of the danger zone is no longer. So I know you feel my pain on that one. Oh my gosh, I totally do. And we're not even quite at the full walking. I mean, he now can scoot around furniture holding on to it. And I, I see him occasionally let go of things and stand for a few seconds before he plops down. But lately, he's been wanting to get into the diaper pail. And I, when I first had this diaper pail, I, I was like, oh, there's a little lock on it. Oh, ha ha ha. When will I ever use that lock? Now I'm like, thank <laughs> goodness there's the lock. So he was well, trying see, to drop toys doesn't in have it. a lock. So now yeah. I actually put <laughs> Everything the diaper lock. pail up on top of the changing table because we no longer use the changing table. I, I gave up on that one a long time ago. It terrifies me to change him up there that he's going to flip his little self off. So now the diaper pail is on top of the changing table so he does not get into it. So uh, yeah. Honestly, that's it's smart. Fun. I mean, it's like a gymnastics event having Emerson on the changing table as it is. We have a little like small railing, not enough to clearly protect him or they're nonstop by his side, but it's just a little kind of a railing. So if you were to if he, when he does inevitably 15 times a diaper change roll, he rolls into the railing. But at the same time, it's it, it really is an Olympic sport. I've, I've got to like pin him down oh, to get the totally. diaper change. As we were just talking about earlier about um, what were we texting each other earlier about not changing their diaper for like an extra 45 oh, yeah. minutes because lately, <laughs> this is embarrassing. We're, we're is. clearly winning mother of the year around here. Yep. Um, yeah. Wait, she was like, I haven't changed his diaper for like 40 minutes because I know it's going to end. And, and this is like a poopy mind. You. This is not a pee. This is like I oh. smelled something was happening oh. in the high chair. I well, kind of you really acted are like a terrible happen. mother. Mine was just pee. Yours is, yeah, that's way worse. <laughs> no, you win. Poop a full forty minutes. Wah, wah. I, no, I just was like, okay, like he totally. Okay, this is gonna be. He got out of the high chair. He was so happy after they finished eating. You know, they're joyous. He was okay. independent playing for like fifteen minutes, and of course, he's independent playing, and all I'm doing is watching him do it because I'm so amazed that I, he's not requiring my entertainment. And I'm like, oh, I can't interrupt this beautiful moment. So then, yep. 45 minutes went by. <laughs> okay. You win that one. You win that one. I didn't. I don't do that. So. <laughs> I, I promise I did change his diaper after that. I believe you. It's okay. The other day, I, he he went to the bathroom and I was, knew dad was about to walk in any moment. Ooh, moment wait and I was it. like, oh, come on. Does that make me a horrible mother to wait another 15 minutes while the child has a poopy diaper just so I don't have to change it? Oh. I, ch- I did change the diaper, but okay. you know, I did think about it. So, well, I, anyway, feel like, so- I feel like it's, is it is it a horrible parent or a horrible wife? I mean, uh, yeah, definitely a horrible wife. I don't think Owen cared one way or the other, but my husband, <laughs> I just didn't think it was the nicest way to welcome true, him home. True. Welcome home. Welcome yeah, home. Yeah, but I don't know. He probably would have done it to me. So I know. So. <laughs> so. Anyway, so the Owen's 
walking has kind of been my high for the week. So we're doing a little like highs and lows, which we obviously explained super well. But so that was the high of the week. And I would say my low, I just had one of those uh, meltdowns on Monday. So my husband worked late. I knew he was going to be home past bedtime. And I just, I'm delusional sometimes in thinking it's a good idea to try to do more than I can when I'm solo parenting at night. Because you know how they are at the end of the night. They're more tired and clingy and fussy and independent play is not a thing at all. Yeah, not a thing at all. Anytime after 4 p.m. and independent no. play doesn't exist. And so why I think it's a good night to make us a nice home-cooked dinner is just insane. Oh, I have yeah. two small dogs and they are under feet. So what happened was... You know, I'm trying to cook dinner. Stuff's on the stove. I'm trying to put stuff in the fridge. Owen, speaking of poopy diapers, gets a poopy diaper. I'm like, great. Okay, let me go change his diaper. I have my entire bowl of food in a glass plate. So I was like, let me go put this up. Well, as I'm carrying the child with the poopy diaper, he manages to knock it out of my hand and it shatters all over the floor. Then my dogs decide they, of course, want to eat the food, but there's glass everywhere. So I have to kick the dogs out of the house. While my child's now screaming because there's glass broken, try to change the poopy diaper as I'm trying not to panic, but I'm a little frazzled. Like, I'd be lying if I said I was cool, calm, and collected. I, I was definitely not. Um, and, of course, just to add insult to injury, what was my, like, breaking moment was as I changed the diaper, he reaches over and grabs the dirty diaper and pulls oh. poop onto his face. Yep. Oh. Onto his face. So glass everywhere dogs outside being obnoxious and barking and now my child has poop on his face so that was my i would say definitely fail moment but i'm gonna take a lesson from it in that just just don't just make it really easy just eat whatever is cooked and ready a bowl of cereal is lovely you know there's nothing wrong with that so trying to do too much sometimes just just know when it's a bad idea yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with a banana and peanut butter when things are just nope too or intense. waiting till the baby goes to bed to pretend to eat something more or just have a glass of wine whatever works but yeah, how about you tough. what have been some of your your ups and downs this week so definitely up of the week would be emerson's birthday so rounding the Happy same corner birthday. as owen so yep having one year old and that was just a lot of fun my husband worked all day he was able to see him very briefly in the morning and then he was gone and got back after bedtime he was so I'm disappointed sure he was so home. upset well, that's I tried to tell him. I was like, honey, he doesn't really realize it at this age. He doesn't get that it's his birthday. I think you're okay. But that's I just- sweet, though. Just, he was. He came rushing home from work. And he's like, did I miss it? And I'm like, well, yes, but you can go rub his back. It was so cute. Oh, <laughs> you know? that's so sweet. So he like snuck in there and I saw him on the monitor. It was like one of those adorable moments. But Aww. yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It was fun celebrating my little guy. And it was just basically me and him all day. But I made him a couple little th- fun things to eat, a little like quiche, and then I made him a, a little muffin. Chocolate cake? <laughs> yes, no? lots of chocolate cake, dark chocolate. Yeah, let's keep him up for hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my and my funny mom moment on the quiche was he took his little, he I gave him the little quiche to hold so I could take a picture and he sunk his little thumb right into it. And of course it's warm still in the inside from the oven. I'm like, oh great, I've burned my child on his birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, one less thumb. <laughs> Happy birthday. At least you still have nine. Oh, ah, well, you can function. So, It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. He was fine. He recovered quickly, but still, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. But <laughs> that's fantastic. But, but my yay was just celebrating his birthday. And yeah, we took his little, the little pictures, you know, you do every month. Mm-hmm. I finally realized, oh shoot, I forgot to take that picture. So I took it five days after his birthday. That's a pretty yeah. long stretch. But I'm sure he aged a ton in those five days. Yeah. I'm like, buddy, we're going to get some quick Botox before we do that picture. <laughs> okay. You're done with those though, right? Like you're not going to do 13 months. Yes. Th- think, okay. Actually, thank you yeah. for asking me because I momentarily thought about continuing them and no, then I immediately, do yep, I immediately pulled myself back. No, no. So I was you. like, we're done with these. I mean, it's cute and we'll do like a two or maybe, maybe one and a half is reasonable, but I don't think 13 months is, you know, necessary. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. You just, just help knock something off I'll, my to-do list. Okay. I'll, I'll shame you about it a little bit. Yes, please please yeah. shame me if I make any mention of such that's, a thing. That's what this podcast is for, mom shaming. <laughs> Yes. Well, I'm shaming. I love it. Um, and let's see. My my low of the week is just honestly, it's it's something I think that we all really fall into so easily, but it's definitely the comparison trap, you know? It's hearing what somebody else is doing or somebody else is is out and about enjoying an activity with their kid during nap time and their kid is 
totally able to just go with the flow and chill out. And, you know, Emerson is unfortunately not that baby. So oftentimes I do turn down invitations and then I feel sad and, you know, I wish, you know, it could be slightly different in that regard or, or even just as simple as, you know, my husband's work schedule is really tough. So he had to miss his son's whole birthday, you know, and again, Emerson doesn't realize it's totally fine. I, my husband, you know, realizes it's, it's the way things are. I realize it's the way things are, but it kind of helps sometimes, but compare like, oh, you know. Still, you open up social media and you see somebody else that did this huge extravagant birthday party with, you know, all everything matches. Like an animal farm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have a petting zoo and, you know, a bouncy (laughs) house. And I mean, I'll be honest. I went to a friend's first birthday party and it was fully catered. There was a bartender. There was two professional photographers. Goodness. Yeah, well, this is Savannah. People drink a lot, if I'm going to be honest. But yeah, no, I mean, maybe we did not. We did not do that. No judgment, but Mm -hmm. we did not do that. But I mean, yeah, it was really hard. No judgment, but if there's a petting zoo at your kid's first birthday party, like we might, we might be giving you side eyes. Definitely judging you. Whatever makes you happy. But to me, that is very (laughs) stressful. Like, I mean, I know people that just enjoy planning stuff. That's actually true. Fun to that's them. valid. That's and valid. And I don't care if that's fun to you. To me, it's tantamount to torture. And so, I mean, you know, I had major meltdowns about the whole birthday party thing. And so, but, uh, you know, back to topic, it really is easy just to compare all those little things and just remembering that one picture, you know, one picture online is, is the highlight reel. It's cliche to say nowadays, but, you know. It is true. I mean, I think about you know, just even Valentine's Day, a few of the different Instagram accounts that pop up and it's what different moms were doing to celebrate Valentine's Day in terms of their children's food. And I mean, I'm talking like, you know, cucumbers cut into the shape of hearts and chocolate chip strawberries that had little Wait, decals on them. Wait, you didn't do that? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do heart-shaped Wait, pancakes with strawberries You're saying, you're saying you didn't serve Owen healthy beet food coloring colored oh. pink hummus? I absolutely did all day. Every meal was heart shaped <laughs> and filled with butterflies and rainbows and all the love I could conquer. Oh yeah, my no, gosh! Definitely. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Pretty sure. I forgot it was Valentine's Day. So. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know that that was my that was my, I guess my tough one for the week, just because it kind of hit me a little bit more. Just a few little things, and yeah, you know, you hear something somebody else is doing, and and instead of thinking of it as oh wow, like good for them, or that's great for them. You think of it as, oh, well, I should be or I could be. And then you play the would, should, could game. And it's just a slippery slope that just inevitably leads to wine. Wine, well, could be a worse outcome, I guess. Yeah. No, but it just is, uh, yeah, just something happens. But hey, onward and upward. So new week. Exactly. All right. But uh, let's get into our top five, the subject. So these are, we're talking today about the top five things we wish we had known as, as new moms. And going into that first year of motherhood, you get so much advice and, you know, oh, well, this is, you know, your babies are going to cry or it's going to be sleep deprivation or what other, other, other warnings. But there's so much in between that I feel like nobody actually talks about. So true. Uh, I will get us started because awesome. I think mine is, um, th- it happens basically right after the birth of the baby and what truly just shocked me. So I had a, as you heard on our previous episode, I had just a vaginal birth. It was relatively, I, I, I it was unmedicated. I did use the nitrous oxide for a couple hours during my laboring, but the birth itself was unmedicated. Um, and I did have a second degree tear that required stitches, but I think they used some local anesthesia for that. So like, you know, right, not, it's not anesthesia. What is it? You know what I mean? Where they just give you like a little yeah. shot to kind of numb the area anyway. So yeah. it was not excruciatingly painful at the time because, you know, a whole baby had just come out. So at that point I was kind of a little bit euphoric, but what I was absolutely shocked and unprepared for was how it's pretty much soon after you you pass the placenta, which wasn't that big of a deal. I, I was worried about no, that, but it was. I, I thought chill. it would be a thing, and I didn't even notice it. So. Yeah, it just kind of comes all out. She actually showed yeah. what it, me what it looked like, which I could have done without the massive jellyfish <laughs> sighting, but that's fine. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I mean, my body built an organ. I'm impressed. But you pictures um, in a cooler to encapsulate. I actually did not. No, I. I to be honest, I asked. <laughs> I asked really my husband about it. Oh, I yeah, said, we considered it too. Yeah, I was like, honey, I was like, what, you know, and he actually did. He looked into it a little bit with some medical journals, whatnot, and he came back to me with, you know what, it's it's not something that I'm seeing has a, a lot of studies out that really prove uh, a dramatic difference. So he just said, I, I, I'm okay with us passing on it, yeah. and I was too. But that being said, I do, I have heard though, people speak very strongly about how positive it was for them. So I'm like, well, 
To be honest, we yeah. really considered it, it, but since Owen came early, I really just hadn't made a decision. And the one deterrent, this is so silly, but the, we talked to a lady that does it, and she just basically said, bring a cooler with ice and just ask them to put it in the cooler on ice. And I don't know why. Asking yeah, my doctor the, the to like visual. put my placenta in the cooler in the, cooler. In the corner <laughs> yeah. on ice. Yeah. I don't know why. It, it just skewed me out. And I was like, I think that's my line. I think I think I have found it. Yeah, that's actually yeah yeah. I think the cooler, again, the placenta on ice. <laughs> What's your drink of choice? Placenta on ice. That could be like a really fun cocktail name. It could. Um, yeah. But, but um, anyway. so after that happened, the nurse comes over and pushes on your stomach because they have to get out basically. I guess I guess it's just clots of blood and and in the afterbirth, etc. And I was literally floored. The force at which she pressed down on my stomach, mm-hmm. and then the feeling. I mean, this is TMI, but hey, we're we're going into the topic. Yeah. The feeling of that exiting your body was just. I was not prepared for that at all. And then I was not prepared for them to continue pressing on my belly in the subsequent two days that I was there, just various times they'd come in and press and then they would get another like kind of large clot out and then they'd have to come and change those big blankets you're sitting underneath. And I I was just absolutely amazed by the okay, pain. It's really and, weird, but they didn't do that that much to me. You know, I wonder then if it was just, if it was something to do with like, maybe like something that was spoken that I just didn't gather, you know, mm-hmm. between maybe my doctor and the nurse about how this needs to be followed up on. I mean, that's I mean, so they strange. did a little, and I mean, I was shocked. Like just talking about the after, the amount of blood. Actually, to me, what was shocking was I the amount of blood actually while in labor. I think I asked the doctor multiple times, like, "Is this normal?" Because I didn't know that was that much of a thing. But yeah, afterwards they didn't really do that. I mean, they came and like palpated to make sure everything felt okay, and I guess there was some pressure, but it didn't feel like they were doing it with any intent to like get anything out of me or anything. Wow. Yeah. Mine was yeah. totally that mm-hmm. way. I mean, I guess Weird. I could have followed up a little more actively about why exactly that was happening, but they just it's kept impossible. talking about- In the moment, your brain- Yeah. Is and they were like supporting know. the uterus to shrink back up. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't know. Anyways, I was just really amazed about that. And yes, the the other thing I was going to mention on that was the, the so much bleeding and everything that it takes just to use the restroom. You know, oh, you yeah. go in yeah. there and you have to- It's like, it's like preparing a whole little- you have to get the pad and then you have to put on like there's if they have a spray and then these like little wet, you know, witch hazel things and then, and then the cooling pack and then the peri bottle. I mean, it's a I'm going to be honest. I had no idea about most of that. Like, Me neither. None. none. None at all, which I feel really ignorant about because I did a lot of research on Same. like childbirth and everything. But the after, I had no idea. And I remember using that stupid little squirt bottle because I had stitches too. Um for for like a week or two, it was so annoying. It was. So I was rocking annoying. that square bottle for like three weeks. I was like, Ugh. because the thing is, is you can't like go into the shower and fully clean and wash yourself, and your body no. is still producing a lot of. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things leaving it all the time, so you want to feel fresh in some way. So yeah. that was kind of the one thing I I could do, I guess. But I think all the general bodily fluid messiness after, during, and after childbirth, I was not. Yes. I was ill prepared for. Me so. too. If you've not had a child, talk to somebody who has. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and also be aware that you definitely can rely on the nurses. Like the first couple of times I used the restroom, they were there. They truly were there taking my, you know, my used pads and giving me a new one. And they were very nice about it. And so, I mean, I think that's that's important to be able to ask for that. And I did also- have to ask a nurse to come in because I had one clot that was huge. And oh. I mean, I was truly like, this can't be normal. Like, this 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 can't possibly be a normal situation and so she came in and i'm sitting there like holding this gross clot and she was like oh it's only the size of a small baseball not a softball so we don't worry about it and i was like what wow what is happening here it was so gross so and they must see that all the time yeah i know I was so embarrassed, but I was like, I do want to make sure I'm not like bleeding out or something, you know? No, totally, because that's that's obviously a very genuine concern Absolutely. after labor. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was intense, and I actually just recently saw the the brand, the Frida brand that does Frida Baby. They do. If, if you're not familiar with it, they do amazing stuff. Everything from the no suction stuff to humidifiers, et cetera. Definitely something I recommend. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more too on on our website in terms of products, but. They actually apparently have a whole line out now for mother post 
vaginal delivery care. So they actually have some pads and they have the witch hazel and they have a peri bottle that has like a nozzle. So you don't have to like hold it upside down weird like you and I probably had to do. So that's that. If, if ever, you know, round two of childbirth were to occur in my life, I would definitely investigate their products. I will say I actually bought a bunch of products. I think yeah, the brand is Earth Mama Organics that I bought. They had a bunch of like sits bath and mm. stuff to soak in. But I'm going to be honest, I had no time to go take a leisurely mm-hmm. bath after having a baby. Like I just, it did not, it did not happen. Doing a lot of that self, self-care self just, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a needy baby, so which we'll talk about soon. And so doing a lot of that just wasn't a thing. I was lucky to take a five minute shower, much less go take a leisurely bubble bath. So, yeah, no, I never did a sits bath either. And yeah. what felt leisurely was using the restroom and using the yeah. squirt bottle. And yeah, yeah that was exactly. leisurely for sure. So, so yeah, right, well, since we're mine. on the topic, I will jump into other one of my top five was just some of the weird physical changes that nobody told me about. Um, starting with when I was pregnant around 29 weeks, I was taking a shower and all of a sudden I looked down. And my breast was leaking. It was orangey, yellowy colostrum. Wow, it happened before. I had no idea, none, zero, zip, that especially, I mean, it wasn't even like I was 38 weeks pregnant. I was like barely third trimester, if even. And yeah, yeah, it totally freaked me out. And I remember jumping out and running to my husband and being like, wait, can I tell him this? This is so weird. (laughs) But then, yeah, but it just kept, and if I like massaged my breast, it just, it just squirted on out just like, you know, does now. So wow. yeah, I had no earthly idea that that was a thing. So nipples leaking a ton, um, just other like weird bodily things. Um, breastfeeding at the very beginning in the hospital, it produces contractions. Oh my gosh. The uterus. And I it forgot so about that. Bad. It hurts so bad. And I hear it gets worse with the second and third baby, actually. That's, what oh, that's a really fun thing to look forward to. That, yeah. Yeah. It gets more intense. And so, you know, I'm sitting there nursing my brand new baby and all of a sudden it feels like I'm back in labor mild. I mean, mildly, obviously. But yeah, serious contractions. It was, and it took, I don't know, three, four, five days or something like that. I can't remember. It's a while ago. But yeah, I did not didn't know that was a thing um just some other little weird bodily changes my belly button it did pop out which i guess i knew but see I mine also, never did mine never popped out it barely it was almost more like neutral it didn't completely like majorly pop it was just kind of it was kind of neutral but it was it was pushing that direction it depended how much chocolate cake or something i ate that day which direction it was pointing um <laughs> But it's your, it's your, I mean, it's, it's your, true. your sweets monitor. <laughs> it was. It let me know when I was I was overcooked that day. Um, but even afterwards, my belly button is not the same. It's mm. just like stretched, and it's not even like stretch marks or anything. It's just kind of like a cavernous hole is is how my husband describes it, which is oh, really it's romantic. Very, it's really yeah. romantic. It makes <laughs> us feel really good. It's about part of the myself. foreplay. He just describes yeah. your belly button. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. it's a great way to get the evening going. Um, I mean, I have never heard truly a woman who's had a child say that her stomach is in any way identical, like in some way, right? Some yeah. people, yeah. you know, they it's it's as far as like muscle tone or whatnot or loose skin or stretch marks, et cetera. Some things happen and don't happen. So I think everyone yeah. has a different experience. But I've never met one person who said, for example, oh, no, it's exactly as it was. Totally, you know, totally. so I, And mine was so, I mean, just talking about stomachs, I did think that, you know, I reached a point around six months that my body felt much more like my own. Things kind of felt back to normal. That's Um, true. Strength is is definitely finally starting to kind of creep back in the picture at six months. My workouts felt normal. I just didn't feel postpartum. I didn't feel pregnant in the same way. Obviously, I was still breastfeeding, so that's a whole different thing. But past that, but my stomach was still... So soft. And even now, I mean, I'm a year postpartum and I've been, you know, I I work out regularly. I feel back to, you know, around the same size I was before, more or less. But my body is definitely different. And my stomach, I mean, I just have extra skin. It's not even a muscle thing. It's just, I do. I have extra loose skin. My child loves while I'm nursing to sit there and pull and poke at it and poke it out. So really appreciate that. That happens over here too. Yeah. Every time he does it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that was you. Thanks. <laughs> That's where you were, buddy. No, I'm the exact same way. Totally just softer and yeah. And it's like, it's amazing though, because I'll be, you know, I'll be in the middle of a, of a class teaching or taking and I'm demoing something or I'm in the middle of a movement myself and 
I feel truly that same core strength that I had, you know, yeah. prior to getting pregnant. I'm like, this is great. I, I'm so, you know, glad that that strength is back. However, the visual appearance is definitely yep. not not the same at all. Yeah. So same. All just right. Goes. So just some of those weird physical changes are one of the top top things that I do not know a lot about. I I think that I knew that my next one is breastfeeding being really hard. I think that I didn't expect it to be a walk in the park. So I guess that's not like the biggest secret, right? I mean, if breastfeeding was so simple, there wouldn't be things like breastfeeding classes, obviously. So I think that every mother expects probably if they're going to intend to breastfeed that it won't necessarily be super simple. But I think that just that when it actually like, it's almost like then when it hits you and your body and you have the milk come in and your like breasts are like, absolutely enormous. Oh you gosh. feel like they're tucked under your chin. That engorged phase. The is engorged. Insane. So, so tough. And, you know, then just the pain. I mean, here we are, episode three, nipple pain, hashtag, here we are. <laughs> um, but just, go, you know, going through, going through that, going through trying to figure out exactly what the baby needs and what, how your body is feeling and, you know, soaking through t-shirts and trying to figure out the, the pads and for your nipple pads. And all of that, I think, was just was just really tough. And I came away from it so now a year postpartum, still breastfeeding. I think that the biggest advice I would say is to have that support, you know, having like a lactation consultant you can call or um, certainly being able to speak openly with friends. Resources, books are really great. Um, I have uh, The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding as a Did text you that I really read like. That? I, I actually use it as a reference quite okay, a lot. Like I didn't too. go cover yeah, to cover, yeah, yeah. but I like yeah. referenced it like on oversupply or I referenced it on, you know, like various things like, you know, what each stage of breastfeeding, cluster feeding, like, you know, how to how to know that your baby's getting enough milk, all that kind of I stuff. I tried to read it when I was pregnant and I was like, I can't make my way through this entire thing. It, oh, I, totally, I used it girl. as a reference for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like an encyclopedia. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And there's something that, that name's Kelly a bit Mom. More. Kelly Mom was my Yes, true. Let's be real. Kind of yeah, Kelly Mom. I just Googled it. I'd like to say I grabbed the book off the shelf, but I Googled everything. But I ditto the lactation consultant. I have a great one here. And I mean, I have been to her on and off the entire first year I actually went, even at 10 months or so because again hashtag nipple pain i was back to having like radiating nipple pain and i couldn't mm -hmm. figure out why and you know so she was very very helpful and has been helpful on and off if something weird was going on or whatever just emailing her and then going in when i needed to and just an fyi also insurance usually covers some visits yep they covered like, mine i had three yep me too. And so make sure you take advantage of that because I know some people were afraid of the cost or whatever. And no, absolutely go take advantage, especially in those early days. I mean, I would just go ahead and set something up, you know, as soon as you can, because I don't know anybody that it was just perfectly easy the entire time. No, that's 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 definitely not not been the case with anybody that I've spoken with. And there's a lot of stuff too about the breastfeeding experience. It's kind of like a little bit of hindsight. You know, you look back on it and you realize, wow, a lot of the things that they say really are true. I mean, right about from maybe starting around two weeks, I started doing just a little bit of pumping because I thought this is kind of nice. I could pump a little and leave milk when I if if you know that lets me like just sleep maybe an extra hour or something like that here and there. But the problem is that I. I told my body I needed more milk than it really needed. And yeah. once your body starts making more and you don't actually need it, that can be challenging. So that's certainly one challenge that that I faced. And I know other moms face the challenge of not producing enough. And it's it's like it's sometimes it feels like it's one way or another. You know, it's really yeah, I hard mean, to I've find the perfect balance. I've always erred on the undersupply side. And I mean, it's been fine because – I am home with him more than I'm not. But if I had to go back to work, bless mothers that have to go back to work full time and pump all the time, mm. I would have personally never been able to keep up because, I mean, the most I've ever pumped is a few ounces per side. I never would have been able to leave enough milk for him had I been gone 40, 50 mm. hours a week. So, you know, and everybody's experience is different. And that's obviously if you breastfeed. And I know so plenty of mamas that couldn't or chose not to for their own reasons and totally fine too but um, exactly yeah experience yeah yeah it's just and i think that and if you choose then if you choose not to that's a whole nother okay. you know process and conversation about which formula to use and, and how to find the best one and what's the good fit for your family and a lot of moms supplement too and so it'll be yeah. interesting in the in the future when we have a few guests on I have a very good friend of mine who did experience exclusively breastfeeding with her first child, but with her second, she started doing some supplementing and then switched over to formula. I want to say around six months old, exclusively formula. Mm -hmm. And she had, a, you know, a very, has had 
a very positive experience with that transition. It's been very positive for her physically, emotionally. It's been very positive for her son. And so that's been neat to hear about that experience from her. So we'll look forward to yeah, that's getting into that topic too. Yeah, definitely want to bring is different, different experiences. Obviously, we only have our own to compare and we only have one child each. So it's not like we're experts. No, so. definitely not. <laughs> definitely not experts. But no. if you are breastfeeding, get a lactation consultant because they are awesome. All right, so next one I'm going to buzz through. Um, something I really didn't expect is those first weeks to first, I don't know, couple of months, being nursing and being at home, I was trapped under a baby all the time. And as somebody that was used to just their physical freedom and just... I never sat down. I was, you know, on my feet all day. My job was on my feet all day. Even when I got home, I was running errands. I was cleaning the house. I was walking the dogs. I was just not somebody that ever sat still. And those first few months of, you know, every hour he was needing to nurse again, and it would be 20, 30, 40 minutes. He would only sleep on me, all of those things. And I spent three fourths of my day on a sofa or on a chair with a baby on top of me. And it mentally and emotionally did absolutely get to me. I just felt like I truly had lost my physical freedom in so mm. many ways. And that, that was a big battle for me. Um, you know, it sounds lovely. Like, Ooh, I just got to lay around and watch Netflix and, you know, actually chill. But it, it was really hard and I struggled with a lot and I'm grateful. I didn't have anything that I would call postpartum, but it absolutely brought a lot of um, frustration and, you know, it was both these moments of, uh, you know, my baby is asleep on me. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. And I'm crawling out of my skin because I can't sit here anymore. So just some of those early emotions, um, not knowing what to expect was definitely kind of a roller coaster for me. It is tough. I mean, your life does such a 180. Yeah. You know, I mean, exactly. even yeah. both of us from the way we've described or even our last week of pregnancy, well, goodness, you were, you were working. I had had that week off of work, but I was still... I mean, every day I was working out, I was, you know, cooking meals, I was hanging out, like I was, you know, definitely, you know, not sitting on the couch all day. And so yeah. that's, yeah, that's a huge difference. It's a 180 suddenly. For sure. The drastic change in the beginning. Yeah. And I, I was gonna say this more towards the last one of my five, just simply because it was something that set in for me a lot, basically, around six months and beyond, but it does kind of tie into this a little bit. And that's that idea of there's a certain, at least for me, there was like a certain mourning of my past life mm -hmm. and like my previous freedoms. So not so much like I was sitting there, you know, holding the baby, thinking to myself, oh gosh, I wish I was 21 again at the bars. No. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not 21 definitely, again. Definitely very okay. Enjoyed my 20s. Very fine that they're behind me. Yeah. But it was, it's more that feeling of, you know, without a baby, you are your own, you are your own boss. I mean, you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to go here, you want to do, you know, you, oh, friends call and they want to meet for a coffee. Oh, sure, let's do it. Or, you know, you have to, you know, work, you know, do something more at work or do work a little later, pick up an extra, you know, I would do pick up an extra few. Or literally just teach. take a shower and wash oh, your hair when you true. want to wash your hair. I mean, even just some of those little, I just want to so run true. to the grocery store really quick. Oh, wait, there's no such thing as doing that impromptu especially at that stage. No. And even, even now, like I literally, yeah. I, when I'm about to shower, I say, okay, is this going to be a shave shower, a hair wash oh, yeah. shower, or just a normal body shower? Like literally totally. I have to ask yep, myself that's that question. exactly the checklist. He's, yep. he's, he's, he's 12 months old and here we are. Yep. So it's like crazy. And like, I think that there are times still, and especially I think the reason I said six months is because the first part is to some extent, you know, it goes pretty quickly. You're so tied up. It's almost like you have so much going on. You can't sit here and be like, oh, I wish I was doing all these other things because you are so caught up in what's happening. Around six months, the change for me was that he just started to have the more consistent two naps a day. And he was still waking once or twice a night, but it started to get overall sleep. Sleep was better. And I started to feel that feeling again of, oh, my life is, you know, I'm feeling more physically back to myself, et cetera. And yet everything is so structured. It felt like wake up and feed and play a little and feed. And it was just so, so much. It was just, it was just endless. And yeah, I think that yeah. that that experience of the repetition of it was and continues to be a challenge. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. I think the next thing, especially during those early days, and I say those early days, I mean, this probably uh, ties in with yours that it lasted six months. 
that like new baby quote unquote mom brain brain fog mm. it was so intense for me like i i literally just felt like i couldn't i couldn't find the right words to speak english sometimes i couldn't i just couldn't think straight i remember the first time i went out by myself for probably a couple hours was when actually when i had my six week checkup or even like i think i went to the grocery store by myself a few weeks in and it just felt like the world was moving in slow motion. And I was almost confused that my life was so suddenly different and everybody else was still buzzing around quickly. And mm. I don't know, it was a really, really strange place in, to be. And I just, I really felt like I couldn't keep up. I couldn't hold the same conversations. So I had friends come over and I was so excited. And I, I truly just like got tongue tied and was kind of, and I know it's a sleep deprivation and all that. And hell, I'm, I'm still bad about it now, if I'm going to be honest. But during those early days, I truly just felt like I was in such a mental fog that I didn't, I didn't feel like myself in many, many ways, which is just to be expected. I think we don't give enough credit to the, you know, huge thing our body just went through and then yeah. the lack of sleep and all those things and not to mention having just been pregnant for you know nine plus months so anyway it's just that that brain fog that how much it really affected me physically and mentally during those early days was a little bit of a surprise and I feel like for you it was even more so because of the fact that Owen really did struggle with so much colic at the beginning yeah Yep, definitely. You know, because I, I definitely relate to that, certainly. the, mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I guess Emerson was a bit more of kind of the classic. I mean, he didn't love to sleep, you know, in his crib, and he would be much happier in our arms, et cetera. But, you know, there were those breaks, and yep. he would sleep. We had – in fact, the rock and play, I think, was recalled in April. So we mm -hmm. were using the rock and play in February and March. Oh, wow. But we never used it overnight. Mm-hmm. We only ever used it downstairs. And like, so if like, say, you know, my parents were here or my husband was with him or I was with him, I, we would put him in that and he would be in, it was never again, like when we were sleeping too, if that makes sense. So it was a supervised yeah, yeah, use yeah. of it. Yeah, sure. um, and at the time the pediatrician was fine with it. And of course, after the recall, then everyone's like, you know, take it away, take it away, which I fully support clearly then. It makes sense to me why it was an issue. But I I did get those moments, you know, he did sleep in there for three, four hours at a time. And that boggles my mind. <laughs> and so that that's why I think yeah, for you, it was even, even, mm -hmm. even more difficult, because how can you not have brain fog when you're literally running on 30 minutes of sleep? Yeah, definitely. So that was intense. Yeah. But yeah. how about you? What was your next on your list? So I would say something that the definitely I was I guess I thought I was prepared for it, but then I realized I wasn't prepared for it all, was just the challenges of balancing your husband or your partner and family, both your own nuclear family and then also your husband's family. So in-laws or your partner's family, all of this with your new mom emotions. Like I think that I... I tried to do to do too much. I wanted the people that would come, guests, and we live far from all of our family. So if anyone comes to visit, it's it's not just like a pop by for a few hours. I mean, they are they would be coming to visit for a longer time, and I felt the need to be like the hostess still, and you know, still accommodating everybody and trying my best to have the house clean and meals and be you know thinking of everyone and allowing everyone That's to have that time with much. Emerson. And exactly, See, and I, I think I had the opposite in that I. I did not want a lot of people around. I was pretty vocal in that. Mm. And now, and granted, I did not know what kind of newborn I was going to have. And in mm -hmm. hindsight, probably would have done better with people around. But I really kind of told people like, sorry, we're not, we're not open for hostessing. Like if people mm -hmm. want to come in town, they could get a hotel, you know, it, but even yeah. then we did not want people around all the time. Cause to me, I wanted, mm, I wanted just to like, be able to bond with my baby and have like you know be able to hold him when i wanted to hold him it was totally selfish but you know whatever it's my no thing. that actually was very hard for me it was yeah. so challenging that uh, the way that i felt so often with family visiting is that he would be poopy or crying or hungry or miserable and i would be doing all of that and then he would peacefully sleep and just want to snuggle and other people would be holding him during that two-hour oh, snuggle that's nap. So hard, that's and it was really hard because that's was the really bonding hard. time you yes. really need. I mean, it's that's what the, you need. It's it's like you the need the balance of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. that's the reward for dealing with all the other crap. So 
Exactly. And so that was really hard for me or how I would, I would desire to hold him. And then I would, I would feel like rude, like wanting to say like, may I please hold him now? And it was just, that was really challenging for me or times when he would be super fussy because from literally the time he was born till even now, when he is tired and he wants to sleep, he does not just drift off to sleep. Like, well, he does now, but when he is tired and can't be like in his crib or he couldn't be soothed to sleep younger at a younger age. I mean, it's, it's waterworks. And I remember it would being so distressing to me that he would be upset and I would be trying to soothe him. And then another family member or somebody would hold him and that would actually, for whatever reason, be a comfort for him. Maybe they would rock him a little differently than he would fall asleep in their arms. And I would think like, it's not fair. He doesn't oh, fall asleep there's for so me. much pressure and, there. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot as a new mom when you're oh. already feeling a little insecure about, I don't exactly know what I'm doing and I'm trying to bond with my kid and ooh yeah that's really hard and other people want to hold them and then you know I was just so worried I still am so worried about germs and yeah so it it definitely was I'm a selfish jerk and I was like yeah give me my baby (laughs) well I think that I I even told my husband you know if we we were to have a second child I think a, a very big thing for me would be that I would definitely do it's actually it's interesting because it's actually more of an, an Asian tradition where you take the first 40 days and you don't That's leave the house. That's what I actually thought about with you. Yeah. 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 Because to and me, that just made sense and that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I think I would do a lot more of that. I would do, you know, imagine, you know, the person comes over to the house and you know, I'm there with the baby and that's, I'm doing that and say, hey, you know, one helpful thing would be if you would do the laundry or you could, you know, bring us a meal and Try my well, best that's to be a, a conversation okay for that. another day. But I think that total like, you know, people want to quote unquote help, but helping is not holding the sleeping baby. That is the Preach. nice part. Helping Preach. is, you know, cleaning the house, like doing your laundry, mm-hmm. picking up bringing food, over some food, you yep. know, doing other things. No offense, but cuddling the sweet, quiet baby is not that's not actually helpful. <laughs> Exactly. And then, you know, it was helpful though. Some, so in, in some ways it was helpful. I remember my mother-in-law was in town and he, he would just sleep in her arms. It was actually adorable for, for a few hours. And then I would be able to go and nap. And actually that was, that was helpful for me because, you know, I could, but the only thing that's hard is it wasn't that it was my mother-in-law. The same thing happened if it was my husband. It, It didn't really matter who. You're so in sync with the baby and your boobs are so sensitive as well, especially if you're breastfeeding that I would find that I would doze off for a half hour and then I'd wake up almost in a panic, like, where's the baby? And then this I would go downstairs. My anxiety and I would realize level I slept 30 was so minutes. high that, I mean, truly me being away from him, even in another room, I, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't, I could not relax. It, the only way I could relax is if I was holding him. So to me, the quiet time that he was asleep was the time that I could relax a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. But, it's tough. Yeah. Yep. It's tough. Those early days are so tough. So that kind of jumps into my next one. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to get too far into this. I kind of almost feel like this is a this is a whole conversation for another episode. But my son, my dear, sweet, loving, happy boy, he was very colicky. I didn't know what colic was. I had no idea that, you know, everybody tells you babies cry. I knew that to an extent. But um, Owen was... He was a really, really rough newborn. Um, we, we think some of it could have been digestive issue related. But, you know, I was talking to you about it the other day. And, yeah. you know, the definition of colic is like a baby, a healthy baby. Like physically, they can't find anything wrong. There's nothing that they see that is a cause for them to be in pain or anything like that. Um, but that cries for more than four hours a day. And, I mean, Owen cried for much more than four hours a day to be honest if he was awake he was crying he might be content for when he woke up he would nurse and then maybe five to ten minutes after he woke up he would be you know relaxed if you were holding him but there was never a time we could put him in a swing or a bassinet or a rock and play or all the expensive crap that we bought um he just cried and it was really hard and I did not know that that was a thing. And so that was, as I said, I feel like that's a, it's a longer conversation, but um, yeah, I just was not prepared for the different experiences that those early days could be. Wow. Yeah. I um, definitely didn't experience too much of that or, or have too much familiarity with it, but just a little bit that you've shared with me and discussed it definitely is something that I think is a, I mean, that, that, that is a whole other wave and a game changer of those first few months because, you know, just the, 
the simple fact of the matter is people imagine a baby cries and they think the baby cries for a couple of minutes until you feed them, soothe them, get them to sleep, right? In this case, you could be doing all of the above and he still would be crying. We would literally walk in circles for hours and just pass him back and forth until one of us could no longer tolerate the crying because, you know, usually one of us was crying too. It was, it was a lot. And for us, it was such a hard um, transition because we had gone through fertility treatment for years and, you know, had just dreamed of this phase. And, you know, in your mind, you build it up to be just like, well, once the baby's here, life is perfect. We got everything mm-hmm. we've worked so hard for. And then you have such um, guilt for being like, but this is terrible. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I love this little guy. And it wasn't, I fortunately never really had postpartum depression. Um, and I, I truly bonded with him from the beginning. I never had any of that detachment, which I'm very grateful for. And I totally see how moms could going through that. Um, it was just more of a, I feel like a terrible parent because I can't soothe my child. What's mm. wrong with me or what's wrong with him? So it was a really difficult phase. But hey, you know, we survived. So you did. That's the plus. And he's and actually have, a very happy yeah. kiddo. So it just goes to show that all these things go in phases. So, yeah. So, anyway, what's Yeah, definitely, next? definitely, though, a topic that would be worth exploring yeah, a little it, bit further. It, and it, yeah, yeah it, it needs some more discussion. There's a, there was a lot of emotions and from my side, my husband's side, all of it. So, but another day. We've rambled enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my, my last one is basically, I, wish that I would have, this is actually something people did give me the advice about, and I wish I would have taken more seriously. And that is to be able to ask for help and to ask for help in a very specific way. So delegating, just like we said before, when someone comes over, they want to see the baby, hold the baby. It's kind of nice to just say, you know what, I'd love for you to hold the baby for 15 minutes, but then it would be really helpful for me if you could do a load of laundry or it'd be really helpful Mm -hmm. if you could bring over this this food item or whatnot. Um, So I think that 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 would be something that I would that I would definitely really recommend to new moms to really consider that. And then also finding it within yourself to realize, yes, everything feels new. Yes, you're getting to learn your baby and you're learning yourself as a mother, but your gut instinct and your, you know, your, I guess, impulse towards what you think the baby needs or what's going on with the baby are going to be steering you in the right direction. And I wish that I just had had a little bit more of that confidence at the beginning just to know that, you know, I am, you know, his mom. I do know best, even though, no, I'm not a pediatrician. No, I'm not an experienced mom with five kids. No, I'm not a grandmother. But I have, you know, I have my son. I have my knowledge of him thus far. And I just wish I would have given myself a little more credit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the good news is I think you're going to do it again, at least today. We'll see how your child acts tomorrow, whether you change your mind. But I also think with having a second kid, you kind of have to learn to ask for a bit more help. True, from, true. From other mamas I've talked to because, mm-hmm. you know, you need help with the older one. You only have so many, so many hands and so much juggling and you have a little bit more experience under. So I, I think you're completely correct. Learning to ask for help and learning to also, you know, specifically ask for what you need, not just, I, I think that's something I've learned in helping other friends mm-hmm. is instead of asking them what they need, being like, I'm going to bring you a meal. What time is good? Because mm-hmm. I think asking a new mom who's tired and exhausted to, you know, come up with requests, it's another thing on their to-do list and they don't need another thing on their to-do list. So instead, you know, being like, I would like to come to your laundry. Would that be okay? And is there a time I can do so? I would like to take your kid to the park. When would be a good time? You know, mm-hmm. making some more suggestions. So, and if they say no, that's okay too. But, you know, instead of asking them, well, if you need anything, just let me know because most moms aren't going to reach out and do that. That's true. That's very true. Is knowing that the way you can best help a new mom is to reach out pretty directly to her and say, I'd like to help. You know, I'm bringing you a meal. Or that's that's a really good point. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Well, last to wrap up, um, and this is going to be, a, again, another topic of conversation that will probably be multiple podcasts because I know Mackenzie and I have struggled with this a lot. But um, baby sleep. Oh, my God. It has taken up so much of my existence for the past year brain power um, man like yeah. really just oh zaps gosh. the it's, brain cells it is just utterly exhausting and yeah. it changes all the time and you know and it's different for every mom because i have friends that are like 
oh, my four-week-old is sleeping through the night. And I'm sitting here going, great. My one-year-old just woke up screaming from 3 to 4 a.m. last night. True story. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's a big thing in naps and schedules and schedules. wait times and, yeah. you know, all of those things. I just, it's a world. It's like a whole world that I did not know exists. So, as I said, I'm not going to jump too far into details, but just on the things of stuff I had no idea about, baby sleep. It is like a magic formula that just keeps changing every time you think you've figured out the answer. Two weeks later, it's different and you're trying to figure it out again. So it's just yep. a never ending journey. So. And Googling is like a spiral. And and be careful how many products you order off Amazon at 2 a.m. because your child won't sleep. Because my husband likes to point out how many swaddles we have and oh. how many times I bought a Merlin's magic sleep suit and then returned it the next day because I changed my <laughs> mind about it. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of crazy that happens on Amazon. I know at 2 I debated so the Merlin so much. Please be warned. Too. Be yeah. it warned. So anyway, but that kind of rounds up our um, yeah our top five. Anything else from you on the subject? No, it's pretty much it, but it's kind of fun because some of those topics are things that hopefully we'll be able to revisit with guests and with other with other people that will be able to discuss these and bring them on. And if you know you as our listeners have any specific comments or thoughts on any of these things, please don't hesitate to share them because that's really a lot of fun for us and it tells us what ideas you know you want to see on upcoming episodes too so yeah absolutely i think hearing other people's experiences will add so much to the conversation so that's what we're all about so well we just want to wrap up i want to say thank you guys so much for um following us and connecting you know we definitely want to as she said hear our hear your feedback um you know if you want any guests on or if you have any topics you want discussed or anything like that please always feel free to reach out you can email us at abcsmatrescence at gmail.com follow us on instagram at ABCs of Matrescence. Um, as we finally get this podcast launched, we really would appreciate any iTunes reviews. Um, that really helps people find us. And yeah, we just want to spread the word and open up this conversation more each week. So thank you so much for uh, joining us. Yep. And we hope that you'll all stay tuned for our upcoming fourth episode. We're really excited. We're going to be having an interview with Dr. Nicola Rinaldi. She is the author of No Period, Now What? She's a well-known researcher who's been a leading voice in the conversation about amenorrhea. And that's something that both Emma and I experienced was hypothalamic amenorrhea. So we look forward to having her on and hearing a little bit more about that topic clearly with her, but also some of her other research interests because she's been a guiding light for us both in online forums and also being able to be familiar with her book and her research through her blog. So looking forward to sharing our conversation with her, with everybody next week. So definitely tune back in. And as always, thanks again for spending an hour with us. All right. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.